0: Welcome to Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. As always, I'll be your host, Lee Greenwood, and I'd like to say welcome to this episode. This week, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about the ASAP. Seems to be a pretty uh, cool bit of kit that a lot of people are using. We've got the ASAP lock now. Going to do a bit of a rewind, go back, see where it came from, how it sort of came about, and then um, have a look at what we've got and maybe a few advantages disadvantages with it and we'll see where it goes as always if you haven't subscribed to the podcast please do It'd be great for you to do that and if you want to give us a review that'd be amazing and you can also follow us on facebook rope access tips tricks and chats or find us at our website ratac.net if you've got any questions any feedback definitely reach out to us always keen to have a chat so yeah definitely do that so let's go back in time a little bit and have a look at sort of backup devices in Rope Access and see how Petzl came up with the ASAP and a bit of a timeline on that. Obviously, a lot of the information I've got here is from conversations I've had with people, research that I've done, um, things that I know. You know, I've been around in the industry for a while, so this may not all be gospel, but... Um, Happy to be standard corrected. If uh, I've got something completely wrong, definitely reach out on that. But let's, uh, let's go way back. Um, you know, as a lot of you know, single rope was the way forward back in the day. And then they started introducing twin ropes into the system back in the sort of mid-80s, late-80s, times like that. And then uh, different devices were being used. Prusik knots were being used by individuals. Tooth. Devices were being used as backups, and the Petzl shunt was being used as a as a backup device as well. And then that was pretty much used extensively all the way through the 90s. And then um, in 1999, it started to be discussed a lot more. It became a pretty hot topic in our router meetings and on various forums, so much so that if somebody says shunt in a meeting these days, there's lots of... You know, people, Oh, they're talking about the shunt, you know. Uh, I think normally if you're the first person to mention it at an Irata meeting, you have to buy the first round of drinks afterwards. So um, but that's where we got to now. Back in 1999, I know there was a letter from Petzl saying that the Petzl shunt could be used as a backup device um, in the manner that it was used under the Arada system. And that is what pretty much the industry was hanging their hat on for quite a few years. But then there was a bit of a push and some changes going on to find something else. And then the uh, the ASAP appeared. These uh, This is definitely things that I've been told. I don't have any documented evidence of this, but I won't let the truth get in the way of a good story. So my understanding is that the ASAP was developed and it was primarily designed to be used on a kernmantle rope, attached by a carabiner to the um sternal point on a harness for climbing up and down ladders obviously there's a lot more of that going on than there is rope access around the world so that's what it was designed for and then i was told that the um somebody worked out that they could attach some sort of uh exploding lanyard tear away screamer whatever you want to call it and they had the various models the absorber the absorber all of this type of stuff so those type of things attaching that onto the chest of the uh, of the harness, onto the dorsal attachment, and then the ASAP being attached onto the other end. And this was seen as a uh, pretty good solution for a backup device. There was a lot of stuff going on. So this came out in sort of 05, I believe, 2005 was the first time the uh, ASAP was available for purchase. But you had the issue that there was this carabiner that needed to be removed and attached, and then you ended up with... The ASAP in one hand, the carabiner and the lanyard in the other hand. And so it was in in the instructions you had to put a piece of string between the ASAP and the carabiner and then you had this loop. And I think many of you, if you've ever played around with the original ASAP, would have found that, you know, that bit of string could get caught in things, it would get in the way and things like that. So that was a bit problematic. And it didn't have much buy-in. You know, people obviously bought them and played around with them. And for getting on at the top, getting off at the bottom, great piece of kit, you know, it'd come down with you um, and do what it was needed to do. But the industry hadn't really bought into it that much back in the sort of mid-2000s. And then we fast forward to, I think it was uh, 2011. I can remember sitting at a Irata exec meeting over in Geneva and Petzl had released a statement saying that you could no longer use the... Petzl Shunt as a backup device in the manner that we used it. And then there was a lot of to and fro and statements coming out from our router and procedures being rewritten for companies and trying to work out how we were going to move forward. And um, another device appeared, the ASAP Lock, the device that we know. Um, doesn't have that carabiner at the end. They managed to get rid of the piece of string. It works sort of as you most probably all know. Similar to a crawl, it opens and closes, but you need to grab it at the front and back so there's that double action required to get it open and closed. And um, Great piece of kit. It's got the lock, hence the name, ASAP Lock, so you can push the clip up, uh, the lock on, and um, and it won't go anywhere because an issue with the original one, you had to sort of engage it to make sure that uh, the wind didn't blow the rope through above and potentially put you in a quite a large fall distance. So that was something that was solved. But as with solving one problem, it can create other problems. I'm sure many of you, if you've used the ASAP, you've been there, you've gone to descend off and you've forgotten to take the lock off. So you end up hanging on your ASAP. And then you just need to sort of put a hand ascender on and move up a little bit and then uh, and then disengage it. So with any uh, any fix, there can always be another issue. So as I'm sure most of you know, it's a pretty good piece of kit. The ASAP lock works really well on straight descents. But as with any piece of kit, obviously it's got its advantages and its disadvantages. So the big one for me is ensuring you've got a big enough clearance distance. If you do have some sort of mainline failure, have I got enough space below me to uh, make sure I'm not going to hit anything because at the end of the day that's why we use a um, a backup. The absorbers, uh, absorbers uh, various different types you can use. Um, obviously some are designed for a single person load some are designed for a double person load if you're falling onto it that could tear out you know depending on how much weight and things like that quite a few variables uh, could tear out to quite a long way and then we've got the stretch in our rope for using european standard 1891 rope you know obviously there's quite a lot of stretch it, potentially in that rope if you're a long way down you know up to sort of 10 percent if you're 100 meters down that's quite a distance plus the uh asap being in whatever location it's in and then you falling onto that and it's tearing out so definitely something that needs to be managed and thought about making sure there's no balconies cable trays air conditioning units whatever might be around you the ground you know the street below you, balconies anything like that so um definitely need to manage all of that that's why some people use backup devices that incorporate a cow's towel rather than having the away type lanyard um, attached to it. But that's uh, that's a personal choice. I know people who use a ASAP to get down to location and then they move over to a different device, maybe an s Duck Dakar, and they use a cow's towel while they're working and then when they're looking to move away from that location, they put the uh, ASAP back on and then descend down the building. As always, personal choice depending on how you want to do it. Next thing I want to talk about is the use of the ASAP in a training centre. So in a uh, in a training environment, I see some uh, some training centres they get level one straight onto the ASAP. They may be using a ID. I know some training centres have people using the rig uh, or a similar device and an ASAP as a instructor as an assessor. I get pretty nervous of this, you know, Monday morning on a level one course, doesn't matter what level one course you're doing, it's all pretty much the same. You start on the ground learning how to go up and come down if you're using a ASAP. Managing it, making sure it stays up high enough is, uh, is one thing. Works quite easy with the ASAP lock, you can just put the lock on, but then making sure that people unlock that. I've seen far too many technicians end up hanging off of an ASAP lock with a casualty hanging on them and then they've got to obviously lift themselves and the casualty up to be able to disengage that so that can be problematic for level ones on their one of the two rescues that they need to know and they end up hanging on an ASAP so that's one issue that I have the other one being at the start of that course they're there and if they grab a big handful if they're using a non-panic feature descender so a rig or similar if they grab a big handful of it, the uh, I don't believe that the backup device, the ASAP lock, is going to kick in before they hit the ground on that sort of two, two and a half metres that they're above the ground. So possibly using some sort of device that needs to be manually moved, whether it's a STEC duck, a ISC red, any of those devices with a shorter cow's tail might be a better option. And obviously if people are grabbing a big handful, potentially they're tearing out the Absorbica as well, um, so then it's quite expensive for the training company if, uh, if that's happening quite often. There have been some safety bulletins from Arata over the years of new technicians, so untrained technicians who are learning on a Level 1 course actually making contact with the ground, you know, broken ankles, things like that have happened, so obviously that's near a concern, it needs to be risk assessed I believe by the training company to come up with the best option that's available to them another area where the asap gets discussed quite a lot is rope to rope transfers or heading through a large re-anchor or the loop as it's lovingly known if you're using an asap asap lock which side should you have it on can you have one on each side as you're ascending across i know that some people have said that you need to have it on the lead side so direction that you go in let's say you've got your ascending gear on that side you put the asap lock on that side and the locks put on so as you slide it up it stays there so if there's a um a mainline failure on that side the asap's already engaged and you're not going to fall very far if it was on the trailing side so the descending side uh, people have said that tests that they've done it has grabbed Some have said that it hasn't grabbed and so there's been this big out of control swing. So using some sort of manually moved device may be better, you know, back to the S-Tech duck or anything like that. Um, I've played around with a few of these situations. It depends a lot on the angle and things like that. If there's a point of failure, how far do you fall, do um, absorbers tear out and that type of thing. So um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So that's definitely something that you need to risk assess and look at the potential consequence of uh, of if you do have that mainline failure how far are you gonna fall and where's it gonna end up so definitely worth having a look at there so just to recap on all of that stuff that i've just covered is the asap blocker a good piece of kit for using on site i think the straightforward answer is yes and no as with all of the gear that we use depends on the task that you're doing there is no one answer depends where you're using it you guys need to be risk assessing it on the location where you're working and is it going to be the best piece of kit that you can use in that situation do i have the clearance distance below me is there a potential for a swing if something goes wrong you know all of these things that we need to be looking at what device have i married it up with am i using a am i using a rig without any panic features am i using an idea we got a new technician on it that we're concerned about so As always, with everything, we need to do some sort of risk assessment specific to the location that we're working. And that could change as you get onto another drop. Could change, you move to a different location. So definitely that continuous dynamic risk assessment that we're doing. Remembering that it's a 360 degree look that we need to be taking, what's happening above us, off to the sides of us and below us as well. So we're constantly doing that. So after all that being said, what's my personal opinion? Yeah, the ASAP's a great piece of kit. Um, depending on where I'm using it do I use one, yes I do Um, is it used all the time, no it's not depends where I'm working, what I'm doing uh, the type of work who I'm working with as well one thing that I always do is I always make sure that I've got the uh, the twin person um, absorber so making sure that it can take the double load so if I do need to do a rescue using the ASAP it can be done with a twin load Um, but most of the time I'm more of a fan of a double descender rescue having the casualty on his descender and me on my descender and us connected together if that's possible getting close enough. If not I'll steal the uh, casualty's descender and I'll use both of them on my ropes to then have us both coming down and I'll be operating both descenders at the same time getting rid of any of that stretch in the system. Now, As I've mentioned before First rule of any rescue wallet, watch car keys. You know, take the gear off of the uh, the person you're rescuing because you might need to use it. There. Rather than having a, any type of backup device, I'd rather have two uh, descenders and all the stretch taken out of all those ropes. Well, I hope that gave you a bit of an insight into the ASAP, how and when it sort of came around, how it's changed over the years, and um, where it should be used, maybe some places where it shouldn't be used and some advantages and disadvantages. But anyway, for now, stay safe. See you soon. Cheers.